Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey everybody, what is going on? It is Lou here, live from HS Comics of Alaska, Alaska's comic book shop. And I am here with local artist, author, and uh, friend of the shop, uh, a fellow Coastie, Richard Griffith. Hello. I hope everybody is enjoying Well, yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it has been... Uh, a warm day up here in Alaska for our, our guys uh, who just watch us loyally every Saturday. It has been in the 70s today, I believe. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, high of 72. That's like 90 where you guys are at in the lower 48. Hey, what's going on, Doug? Well, hey, Amy. Uh, the lovely Amy in the, in, the, in the comments. We've got JC here on the side uh, operating things. And... Uh, we're just gonna give some shout outs here. Let's see who else we got here. So we got Doug, uh, Amy, who else we got on here? Uh, I suspect uh, we got six of you on right now. Hey, what's going on, Star? Hello? Oh, hey, JC. So uh, JC's here running things. Um, and Star is JC, Amy. That way you know. So we've got uh, uh, Richard here with us. He's doing a live signing here at the shop. There's still time if uh, you're watching, if you're uh, in the valley, come on out. Hey, what's going on, Austin? Hope you're doing good, Austin. So um, let me show you. So Richard here is the author of these books right here. We have his Amazon link uh, in the description below. And everything from a uh, space detective to what was the one? Oh, it's well, they, all so it's all space. Well, detective. Most of these are the space detective series, except for that one. That one's the Levi Staker monster enthusiast, because the Vatican thought Monster Hunter was too confrontational, so he's what? a monster enthusiast. <laughs> and then uh, the one that uh, uh, really caught my interest, and I, I hope you're going to have uh, several of these available for us here at the shop, along with your other books, of course is this uh, Not Quite Super. And we're really excited about having this book at the shop. And uh, of course, every book that we have here at the shop, uh, uh, Richard's going to be grac- gracious enough to sign them. So uh, you guys will uh, have a treat when you come through. So why you're serving our country, you're, were you search and rescue or what? what yeah. I, I was uh, aviation search and rescue for... Uh, 16 years out of 21 years in the Coast Guard, and I was an Army before that. So. Okay. So what what uh, motivated you to suddenly do, uh, uh, to be an author? Well, I always had an idea for a book rattling around in my brain, and I used to, to give this guy rides to work every day, and I would talk about this book that I had ideas for. And finally, he turned me on to something called NaNoWriMo, which is the National write a novel in a month challenge it's every november he said shut up about the book and just write it here's the monthly challenge do it in a month so i did 
and it became this book right here, Lady Excalibur. Wow. In which the uh, sword of legend rises in modern day England and chooses a woman champion. And it turns out that uh, there's a reason for the sword's return. And you'll have to read the book to figure all that out. But she becomes kind of a vigilante and a badass and hooks up with some like-minded people. And it's, awesome. uh, it's fun. Hey, J2. Uh, welcome, brother. Been a long time, man. I hope you're doing good. You're healthy. And so this was your first one. Yes. So Ex Lady Excalibur was the first one. And then uh, let me see if I can... Uh, There's now five well, books in that series. There's five books in this series. Yeah. And once again, if you guys hit the link uh, in the description, it'll take you straight to the uh, Amazon uh, store where you have the majority of your books, correct? Yes. And then uh, uh, we're going to be carrying his books here at the shop locally, both at this shop and the J-Bear shop. So we're really excited about that. Um, let's see. Do not interrupt here. Um, it could have been important. It could have been important, but not important <laughs> enough, man. Not while we're running a live show, damn it. So we've got this book here. The book that I, uh, if you could talk a little bit about is this, uh, uh, the, uh, soup, the, the not quite, super. not quite super. Yep. Talk to us about this one. Okay. Not quite super, uh, came from an idea that, you know, all the problems you would see in superhero films and things like that so i wanted an average guy to be given superhero powers and aliens who have been observing earth for decades decide to perform a social experiment by granting a human being superpowers and they give him this nanite suit which is bonded to his skin and it gives him superpowers and actually changes his metabolism things like that and first, you always have to go through, is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? He's got to wrestle with that. And then he's got to go through learning how to use all his powers, how to uh, take off and land without crashing into a water tower. Uh, and then when he finally becomes a superhero, and how do you learn about crimes in order to get there in time to do any good? And then... He has to go through all of that and comes up with a cop partner. And there are some adult moments and humor <laughs> in the book and some situations because the nanites suit is like paint and he can change the color and he can change how it looks and, and actually be kind of translucent at times. His problem is he can't figure out how to do the face right which is why I put such a weird face on the book cover. And so he gets the nickname from the news, Emoji Man, because he keeps <laughs> looking like emoji faces. And the reason that there's the censored line on there is because it looks like he's wearing paint when he's in the suit configuration, which doesn't cover a whole lot, which explains why Superman wears his underwear on the outside of his pants. <laughs> Love it. So, guys, you guys have got to pick this book up. JC, you have this book. I do. I do have this book. No excuses. You need to read it, JC. Listen, I started. I started. <laughs> I did. 
And she's not traumatized yet. And she's so not traumatized. So uh, uh, some more shout outs here real quick. Uh, we got Mike the Beast Benton. What's going on, brother? It was good seeing you. Hope you're rocking the captain hat down there at uh, uh, Megacon. Michelle, Moonlit Comics. Uh, I hope you and uh, my Pisces brother uh, uh, are doing well. And uh, let me see here. I hope you guys recovered from uh, <laughs> the last night we were out there in Connecticut. Uh, really appreciate you. And yes, we've been here. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a story. Oh, we might write a book. <laughs> we might write a book about it. Um, that's the one thing. Uh, so you've got a lot of a lot of titles that would definitely translate into the graphics, uh, to the graphic novel side. Is there any particular reason why you haven't done that yet? Or is it the difficulty of finding an artist? Or I can't draw not... a straight line. I can't do a comic book. If I could find somebody who was willing to do it, I, I would most happily, you know, do it and, and split proceeds with them. But no, I, I'm a, I'm a starving artist. I can't afford a lot I think, here. I, 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 I think we may know a couple. We I, may I know do a all couple. my my own. I do all my own editing. I do all my own proofreading, which is why you'll still find mistakes in it after eighteen thousand rewrites. So, mm. uh, I, I'm an uh, I, I'm an amateur pretending to be a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but you have some great books here. Can, let, let's show them a couple of other books here real quick. All right. So this one here. And I can hold it for you. Okay. Bubba Ship One. Bubba Ship One came out of the idea of if every time you see these alien shows where they want to interview somebody that's been abducted by aliens, they always find the most ignorant-sounding backwoods guy they can find. And I thought, what if that guy got the upper hand one time? Is the universe ready for Captain Bubba in his very own spaceship? <laughs> you know, because that, that stuff that they tried to knock me out with, that weren't nothing compared to Papa's moonshine. I mean, <laughs> so Bubba it, Ship One was born from that. Oh, my God. Oh, I love the description on the back of the book. Richard Griffith is a half-crazy Alaskan just trying to survive another winter by telling stories born of his madness. And then the description of the book, what happens when a couple of aliens decide to abduct an average redneck? Nothing. It doesn't even make the news. But what if the redneck in question got the upper hand? What if the world ended up with Captain Bubba in his very own alien spaceship? Now that's a story. Now that's a story. <laughs> yes. Guys, we have this book available. Oh, we'll have this book available at the shop oh, yeah, here. Yes. And let's show them the next one. All right. So Good, we got some content today. We got several books here. All right. So we got Janitor 51. This is actually my best selling book. Janitor 51 was born out all my years in the military watching the cleaning crew just walk into the most secure areas. Nobody ever asking them any questions. Just and I thought, if those people are paying attention, they're probably the best informed people on this base. So I thought, what if there's a guy like that at Area 51? Goes everywhere, knows everything, has the keys to everything. Mm. So what happens when he's the yes. last guy in, in the last line of defense? 
Oh, and uh, Michelle, the link is in the description. It'll be under uh, Robert Griffith's name, and it's straight to his Amazon uh, uh, store. And let's hook him up, man. This is some <laughs> some great stuff here. Uh, does Amazon do the fulfillment, or do you do the fulfillment? No, Amazon does. Amazon will direct ship right to you. Oh, okay. And then, so the description on this one, when you're a janitor, life can be fairly routine, even when you're a janitor at the most secure facility on the planet. Your job can be pretty boring. But when everything goes wrong, and you are the last line of defense for Earth, things can become exciting really quick. Come follow the adventures of a lowly janitor at Area 51 on a night when nothing goes right and the fate of the world depends on one man and his skill with household cleaners. Read, the, read the tagline for that book. Isn't it? Oh, saving the world from midnight to eight. <laughs> awesome. What was really weird about doing that book was I started researching all of the ways that household cleaners can be used as weapons. And I thought, I, I can't put that in print. Some idiot will do it. <laughs> that stuff is destructive. Well, you remember uh, in the military when, when uh, we would do cleaning details, how many guys ended up getting poison because they mixed what was it uh was it ammonia ammonia and bleach and bleach if you mix ammonia and bleach it's basically mustard gas all right you choose the next one there all right let's see this is my my longest series this one actually has six six yeah, uh books so levi garrett space detective uh the first one in the series is engines of deception and this was my thought of what would happen if I took a 1940s Mike Hammer, Sam Spade type noir private eye and dropped him a couple thousand years in the future. Oh. And so he's got the gadgets. He's a little bit bigger than most people because he's a holdover from a previous time. Been in suspended animation. Problem with him is he has no memory of his past life. He doesn't know who he was or where he came from. Part of the, the thawing out process is he erased part of his memory. So he's figuring out things as he goes. He's been, you know, educated and brought up to speed. But when you're bigger than everybody else and have a knack for finding trouble, you become a PI. So uh, Netflix, you know what to pick up next. You know what to pick up next. And uh description on this one, uh, Levi Garrett is a holdover from a forgotten time found frozen in suspended animation he was re revived with no memory discovering a knack for trouble and a love for investigation he roams around shaking trees and solving crimes ladies love him bad guys fear him and the police tolerate him now he has been hired to solve a murder that someone doesn't want solved can our intrepid hero dodge bullets, bombs, and babes as he tries? Oh, the, the three Bs. Yeah. Bullets, bombs, and babes as he tries to bring a killer to justice? Find out. Love it. Love it. Engines of Deception. This is uh, Levi Garrett's Space Detective by Richard Griffith. And uh, you'll find all of these in the link uh, in the description below. And it's a, a whole se How many? Six, six books. Six, six books. books Six in this series here. And uh, yeah, 
when you come up here, we'll definitely uh, uh, drag you over to his place. Apparently, oh, yeah. he's a whiskey guy. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> so it's let's show our next top one. shelf whiskey, though. Yeah, it's going to be top shelf. I can do cheap tequila and cheap vodka and cheap rum, but my whiskey, no. no my we, whiskey's got to be good. So we got introduced in Dillingham. We got introduced to uh, Habiki, that Japanese mm. uh, 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 yep. whiskey. Now, my my old man, when he was still alive, probably would have smacked me across the chops when I'm saying this, but I would put that head-to-head with uh, Crown Royal or any of those other crazy uh, supposedly high-end whiskeys and liqueurs. That, that, that Habiki is just something else. Yeah. The Japanese know how to make whiskey. Suntory whiskey is really good. It's wow. really light whiskey. You like it. Okay. But, uh, this one here, okay, the, the Marshal of Samurai Moon. This actually came out of a bet with another author who bet me I couldn't combine cowboys and samurai in space. This is the result. Yeah, we have our bounty hunter cowboy. We have our uh, alien race called the Samurazi. And when uh, the Earth people hang the nickname the Samurai on the Samurazi, they actually do the research learn about what the samurai are and like the nickname. <laughs> so they, they wear that like a badge of honor. So we've got the samurai, we've got the, the cowboys. They throw in a few space pirates and a missing Wells Argo stage, which is a banking stage, and uh, a search for treasure, and you've got the Marshal of Samurai Moon. Oh, my God. So this is like a... Uh... This is the cowboy bebop we deserved. <laughs> I love it. So space is the new frontier, otherwise known as the new Wild West. Humans have branched out across the cosmos and met new species, the most similar in technology being the Samurazi, nicknamed the Samurai by both humans and themselves. Enter Wyatt Toronado, a bounty marshal charged with bringing in the bad guys and introducing peace to the galaxy. Now contracted to find a lost ship, he must now add pirates to the list of hazards to his daily duties. Bounty hunters, pirates, and samurai. Can life in space get any more complicated? Find out. Yes. I say yes to this one, 100%. <laughs> and I think we need to find you an artist to do some graphics on that bad boy. Yeah. I think we can get a graphic novel out of that. But... Brother, I, so what's your inspiration for this? It's typically you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden, or what, what's going I, on? I've written entire books off of a, a two-sentence conversation. I wrote a book called Mirror of Spies because a, a friend of mine said, you should write a book where you have twin brothers that are on opposite sides during a Cold War that don't know about each other. And I said, how in the hell do you do twin brothers who don't know about each other on opposite sides. And he's like, yeah, you're the writer. You figured it out. <laughs> so I did. And I wrote the book Mirror of Spies, which is one of my worst selling books, by the way. But still, really, I like the concept. So the, the funny thing about this one, Marshall of Samurai Moon, was this was the only book I ever wrote that I thought I was going to do a sequel. I was going to base a whole universe off of this book. And it's the only one I don't have a sequel for. <laughs> It's by itself right now. It, it will grow. It will grow. But so, I, and now it's just a seed. 
So the reason I brought up the uh, graphics of uh, how, how have you felt you've been embraced by the by the other side of the reading community, the comic community, because uh, we met at our comic con out here and then uh, we did our comic con together. Uh, uh, how's the reception been for that side of the uh, the reader fandom, I guess? It's been great. Uh, the, the comic book community really embraces sci-fi really well and, of course, urban fantasy very, very well. Uh, I haven't gotten too much in the horror aspect of comics. Horror comics, when I was growing up, really weren't a thing. And now they are, of course, with The, the Walking Dead and, and some of the others. But uh, so my zombie books is just now, you know, basically trying to get into the comic book world. But uh, the the actual embracing by the comic book community has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's funny that you say that about the the horror books. I think our now I'm in my fifties. Are you in your fifties? Yes. So our generation just barely missed that niche because uh, our parents grew up on the westerns and then some of the horrors. I believe the, the some of the the early horror books like uh. uh Oh, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, it was House Creep Show. Creep Show. Well, we had Creep Show. Yeah. We had Creep Show. And it we... was like Weird War. I remember that. But uh, I think we, the bulk of books that were thrown at us in our childhood were like your Sergeant Rocks and, and uh, a G.I. Combat, The Unknown Soldier. Um... Grave Digger. Did you ever get into that one? No. No, oh, that, was, that um, was a good one. But I, I got into... Uh, uh, well, Ghost Rider, the original 1970s Ghost Rider, which, by the way, guys, this isn't a sales pitch. I could care less if you ever buy the book in my shop. I will tell you that it sells out. The new Ghost Rider is legit written like a horror, like the 1970s horror books. It it, it might be the best book Marvel's put out in uh, a couple of years. It they lit so the the new Ghost Rider title. They just relaunched it again. They tried a soft relaunch last year. I think it kind of flopped. This year, they literally went back to the old 1970s roots of that storyline. And it is legit a horror from from issue one to the current issue. And uh, it could literally translate into a, a, into a live horror flick. No problem. And that's why I like about uh, a lot of these books. They're essentially screenplays for, for movies, yeah. you know. Um, you. What do you think your biggest influence was growing up? Well, to be honest, I was a horrible reader as a kid. I didn't want to read. didn't Didn't like it. Um, my parents, out of desperation, got me comic books. Right, Ca- Captain America and Hulk and and a lot of the Marvel staples. And I. So first, you know, at first I'm just kind of looking at the pictures. Then I started reading them. Then that kind of branched into science fiction and fantasy. But I wanted to understand the references, historical and scientific, of these books. So I started actually reading history and science. And now I have two master's degrees and have written 26 books. So Jesus. You'll, You'd be surprised how things grow in just little seeds, especially comic books. Uh, I would say that's how. So my grandmother, uh, my grandparents, God rest their soul, uh, there was clearly no cable 
or satellite dish available in their time. They have 13 kids. And then in addition, well, no, they had 11 kids and then those two adopted. And then I was the first grandson. There, I think there's like 28 of us grandchildren right now. There might be more that we don't know of. Uh, always a surprise. Long story short, when we would go to the house, the way she would keep us entertained, because she had this massive household, right? Uh, on a side note, we used to laugh because my, mi abuela, right, uh, my grandmother, she uh, she never could control the volume of her voice because she was so used to yelling. So everything was yelling all the time. It was always that one tone. Uh, and uh, uh, there was two ways that she calmed us down and put us in check. The first way was not what you would think is uh, there was a time where we all kept trying to go into the attic. We all wanted to play in the attic and she wanted to scare us from going in the attic. So she had dentures. I did not know what dentures were. She turns around and she's standing at the top of the stairs to the attic and she tells us, stop going up in the attic. I think we're like four or five years old. Or we're like four years old because I, I remember being traumatized. And she said, and she's telling us in Spanish, if you go upstairs, El Cuco is going to do this to you. And Cuco is the boogeyman in Puerto Rico. And she pops her dentures out. And yo, we, I mean, I, I didn't think that any human beings could run that fast backwards. Like we were just, we were out of there. And I remember she thought it was so funny uh, on the side note. And she, she's trying to give us a kiss later on. And we're not, we're not having that. We're not having any of that. It probably took months for us to let her kiss us on the cheek again after that. The other way she would calm us down is with comic books. Clearly, she could not afford comic books for 11 kids plus all the grandchildren. So at one point, there was like 13 kids in the house with grandkids and everything else. And so she would go to the grocery store. And for those of you that know these stories, back in the 70s, and I believe even as late as the late 80s, for my comic historians, you guys can vouch for this. But uh, they used to, so here at the shop, if I have to return a book, it's next to impossible. Um, back in the day in the 70s and 80s, you would get credit if a book didn't sell I could just go to my racks, any books that didn't sell, I just ripped the front cover off and mail the cover to the publisher and the publisher would give me a credit. I could then just take the books. I wouldn't sell them, but I would throw them out. In the case of my grandmother, the local grocery store that had all the comic books, they would just throw them in the trash bag, wait for her to show up and they would give her this giant black trash bag full of all these books with no covers. And that's how we got introduced to the comic books. And I remember my first comic books that we got exposed to as little kids because my grandma didn't read them. So I got exposed to Warlord, Unknown Soldier, G.I. Combat. Uh, uh, I remember Sergeant Rock. Uh, one of my favorite books of all time, which DC Comics you have destroyed, is Legion of Superheroes. You guys probably are looking at me like I'm crazy, but Legion of Superheroes in the 70s and 80s was one of their best books, hands down. Legion of Super, because you had all, you had these superheroes, this academy of superheroes in the future that were all like our age. They were all, well, they were junior high school, high school kids. They were all, you know, there was, 
you know, cosmic lad and space lad and wolf lad and blah, blah, blah. But they were all, you know, they weren't adults yet and they were all superheroes. So we could kind of relate with that. And then, uh, uh, of course, uh, the Shazam books. I, mm. The fact that uh, as a kid, you, a poor kid, you could yell the word Shazam and all of a sudden become Superman, essentially. That always uh, attracted my attention. So that, uh, I mean, I think, uh, unfortunately, this generation misses out on some of that. But luckily, like what we saw today, you saw how many people came in here with their kids and stuff coming grabbing comic books. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's uh, it's making a comeback. And I think that you and your niche is kicking it off right at the right time with with COVID parents realized real quick that their kids were spending so much time on iPads and electronics that the kids were losing uh, some of their basic skills of reading and everything else. And now parents are coming in here and they're picking up books for their kids and kids want to read things interesting. I've gotten the comment at shows and things that nobody reads anymore. It's like, really? I'm still selling three or four hundred dollars worth of books at the show. So they're, they're, they're reading yeah, I uh, uh, um, it warms my heart. Like I, I've said it on the show before, and I've talked to people uh, uh, at some of the shows recently. What I love about Jay Bear, uh, Joint Base Element with Richardson, I'm seeing the readers that it's like a mirror image of how I was as a kid. Except, I mean, not, they're all kids to me now, you know. 52 years old, so they all seem like these are soldiers and airmen, right? They're it's not like they're actual kids, but for me, they look like kids. And anyway, they're picking up the books. I have three or four customers on base, young guys that come in, they grab the book, they fold it, put it in their cargo pants, and leave. For comic collectors, that's a cringe factor, but for me, that's like the most rewarding thing to see because I know that that kid's reading that book. They're they're going out and they're reading it. They're they're going to be on duty at night. With that pull that out of their pocket and, and they're going to read it. Read it. And then they come back and like that was awesome. Where's the next one? Yeah. And it's like a sincere hunger for the storyline. And that I think that's what uh, uh, keeps the hobby really refreshed. Because we, we can be covered. Yeah. Yes. That phrase of Do you have anything else like this? Yeah. And then you know it's going to build. Yeah. That's. Uh, What's your top-selling book right now? Uh, Janitor 51 is still my best-selling book. People like that underdog appeal of the janitor being the guy that, that everybody has to rely on in, in the pitch. So that, that actually, and of course, you know, the idea of a janitor as the hero always strikes people as funny at first until they start thinking about it, and they're like, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, how about... Uh... What, what do you have uh, lined up for the future or, or near future? What do you got going on? Near well, future? I'm working on two books right now. I'm working on the apocalypse fraud, which is a story about a science fiction story. There's been a war between a federation and an empire for years. And they, there's this planet out in the middle of nowhere, just a few colonies on it. And they send out their armies. They're going to, take it over and the only reason anybody wants it is because the other side wants it there's nothing there that they really want and the two armies line up across what's called apocalypse valley 
and all of a sudden one guy run, runs down there into the middle of the valley by himself, throws his gun away, drops his belt. Soon somebody else from the other side comes down, and they start talking. Do you want to fight? I don't want to fight. You want to fight? I don't want to fight. So they kind of make a deal. They're going to keep sending reports back that the war is going on, but there's no war. They open up a casino, and they're exploring the planet. They're, they're, they're fine, but everybody thinks there's this big war going on. They're, they're, they're all right. At, uh, to, to read about their adventures, how things go on and develop, and some of the problems that they have to overcome, you, you gotta have to read the book. So make sure, guys, that when that book pops, you come get it. And hopefully we'll have you here for a live signing for that as well. And uh, uh, our goal is to also do a live signing with you at uh, 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 on Jaybear at one point as well. I'll come anywhere you're willing to, to, to invite me. I'll, I'll, I'll... We we definitely want you on Jaybear. Uh, I think the the troops will love seeing you. And then of course, have you back here for a signing. And uh, we will have your books here uh, available at the shop. So we're excited about that. Um, where else can they purchase your books? Oh, you can get it through the Barnes Noble website. You can get it through Amazon. And uh, those are right now the only places out on the market that, that are legitimate that you can buy it. I've seen them on some pirated websites, but uh, the bootleg. I prefer the that bootleg. you didn't go there because I don't get a royalty if you go there. So. <laughs> they already bootlegged your book. That, that, that is like a, a sour... A, 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 a sour uh, 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 uh. it's both kind of frustrating and flattering at yes, the same time yes, yes. <laughs> they liked it enough to steal it right they just don't like it enough to pay for it right oh my god that's horrible uh, alright guys well uh, author Richard Griffith his Instagram is up here you can uh, on your Instagram. Do you have a link to your website and all that stuff on there? Yes, or? yes. There, right. there's links to the Amazon store there. But. All right, perfect. So check them out on Instagram. Please give them a follow, guys. Thank you for watching us. Also remember, we are now on Whatnot, and so check us out on Whatnot. We will be on uh, every week on Whatnot. Uh, you can also check us out on our website. And uh, uh, once again, we will have uh, Richard's books available here shortly. And uh, please don't forget to support our Patreon. We use that to support all of our uh, programs here at the shop. And guys, once again, we appreciate you. Do you have any parting uh, words of wisdom? or My big thing with if you want to be an author, use the phrase, what if. What if is the best tool for an author? What you, you, oh, I want a love story. Okay, what if it was a love story in space? What if it was a love story in ancient Rome and, and one of the people is a, a god and one of the people is normal? Or what if, what if, what if? Just what if yourself to death and you'll come up with a great story. Words to live by, guys. Words to live by. Guys, we hope that uh, you enjoyed this Saturday and we will see you next Saturday. Uh, Hopefully I'll have uh, Kevin with me next Saturday. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what he's up to. But guys, thank you so much again and see you next time. Bye-bye. 
You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com. 